Here we go. Welcome to episode two of the Hardline Sports Talk podcast. I am Michael. I'm here with JM. JM, how you doing today? Doing great. Ready to get back into it. Lots of things to discuss, obviously. We got the NCAA championship game last night. We had a lot of baseball news over the weekend. I was actually at the Mets-Phillies game yesterday and got some funny stories to tell you. Sam Darnold was traded, and Fernando Tatis, and we just got word on it, he's injured. So let's start with um, the championship game. Now, that, that Final Four game between UCLA and Gonzaga, I think, was the best 15 minutes of basketball, the last 10 minutes, and then that five minutes of overtime. I thought that was the best basketball I've watched in a while. Yeah, definitely. I could have actually bet my house that Gonzaga was going to win that game. Which game? The the national championship game. Wow. I would have bet my house. I was so confident. As someone, a casual college basketball fan this year, not watching a lot of games, I watched a lot of Gonzaga. I did not watch a lot of Baylor. I think that's where my downfall was. But, like, after that kid hit the shot and just how dominant their offense was the whole time, like, there's no way they're not going to win. It it almost seemed like the perfect season was actually going to be perfect. We haven't seen one since 1976. But I I predicted that championship somehow. Won my bracket. Um, My bracket challenge thing. I had Baylor winning. And you won. Was, you, you I won. First. I, I won. Game first. Um, Baylor, real, I think their guard play, they had experience. Their guard play was great. They could shoot the three, and they played great defense. And defensively inside, people thought that was going to be a problem. But, you know, they just had to be tougher and stronger than them. Mm-hmm. And they were able to stop them. And, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game. Again, I was, I was in Philly. I watched the highlights. They just got off to that start. And they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't look back. They didn't let go. They played some of the best defense I've ever seen. The way they were just like, everybody was to the ball. And like, they didn't, the hustle. They, there was a play where they ran all the way down the court on a fast break. I think Jalen Suggs was taking it down. And like, three guys, that kid and Mitchell, like, j- like just jumped all over. He, I think he blocked it or something. They got the ball tied up. Like, they had no, literally the whole 40 minutes, they were balls to the wall like it looked like they were like uh, the announcer said it looked like they could have played another game after that was that that play where um he kind of he ran over to like their bench he yes. saved it and then he ran cross court that's yeah. the player talking because yes. i saw it on twitter yes. he ran cross court and I, I don't i think he defended it. i don't think he blocked it but he right. made you know it was still a great hustle play but so i thought listen we both had said it was kind of like a mickey mouse season but it ended up being a nice little ending yeah. It was a great final four matchup with UCLA and the championship, obviously. I think I think the same thing with baseball. We kind of said it. The best team won in baseball in the 60-game yeah. season. We're like, well, that's legitimate. Yeah. I mean, you know, you didn't see the Pirates the, in the playoffs. The Marlins didn't make a miracle World Series run. Exactly. Right. So I kind of looked at it like it was a normal March they Madness. They still played the, the normal part. amount of games. And yeah. I mean, they, uh, here and there, like I know Baylor had a little break because they had COVID problems, but – it was so that they they had fans at March Madness. It wasn't like like the NBA last year where it was like they were playing in a basically a high school gym and there was nobody there and they you know it, it, it was somewhat normal. it was legitimate it was I, somewhat normal it was a great again it was a great matchup it was the most anticipated matchup they were actually supposed to play each other uh, the first or second game of the year and they didn't because yeah. there was a COVID issue with one of the teams but 
Defense wins championships, man. Yeah, it and, really is and, true. And Baylor did everything. Baylor did everything. Yeah. Right. So let's get into um, the weekend in baseball. Obviously, the Mets didn't play all weekend. They were supposed to play the Nationals, and the Nationals had a little COVID issue. The Mets opened up last night. The Yankees. The Yankees had an interesting weekend. You had a lot of fans really yeah. overreacting to one weekend yeah, of baseball. I mean, people are calling for Judge's head. They're calling for Stanton's no, no. head. I've never seen a fan base dislike a star on their team so much than Giancarlo because, Stanton. Okay, first of all, as a Yankee fan, I'm aware that like 90% of my fan base are like just complete idiots. <laughs> like, like actually idiots. Like... The lack of intelligence of some of these people is like general, like it's cons- it's genuinely concerning. <laughs> How John Carlston literally was the only reason you could argue that the Yankees got to Game Five of that ALD. He was like unbelievable. Like every at bat was a home run. Literally, you thought every single time that guy was going up, he was going to hit a home run. He had like six home. He tied the Yankee record for home runs in a postseason all time, and they they made it to the ALDS. And they're all bombs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just idiots. Like, John Carl said, he's notorious for being a, uh, whatchamacallit, a slow starter. Like, it's it's three games. And they won one of them. Their pitching staff looks good, but nobody wants to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Because the same thing. I'm not going to say, oh, the, you know, the Yankees bullpen. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is going to win the Cy Young. And blah, <laughs> like, because it's one game. It's, I, it's, it's one series. of a, It's three. Well, now we're up to, they're actually playing their fifth game right now. But it's four games out of 162. It was the first. It was the first weekend, and I kind of felt like, listen, you, it's not like you played a bad team. I mean, you played a good, solid good, team. The Blue Jays. They really are. They have a great lineup. If that bullpen pitches like they did all weekend long, they're they're actually going to be dangerous. And of course, Stephen Matz. It looks like you know, clean first <laughs> yeah. off. I mean, he'll have a nice resurgence in Toronto. Yeah, right. I mean, you could have <laughs> predicted that one as soon yeah. as they traded him. Yeah. But if their bullpen pitches like that, they did lose Kirby Yates. But if they, if Julian Mer- Merriweather and all those other guys pitch well. They're going to be dangerous, and they they might overtake, like I said, Tampa Bay as that yeah, second wild. Card. They looked good. Did you see what the, what the I forgot the guy's uh, his name, a reliever on the Blue Jays. The guy takes like a, a half hour. Oh, we're watching the pitches. game. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like the he first of all, it's April and he's using the rosin bag. <laughs> like that has any purpose in like forty degree weather? He's playing around with the rosin bag. He's fixing his hat. Like dude, just like just. Throw the damn ball. All to walk three guys and get pulled because he loaded the bases. And, like, oh, my God. Some of these guys, I don't understand. But, yeah, they um, they looked pretty good, the Blue Jays. But, as we just said, it's it's one series out of 162. So, Bleacher Report actually came out with their power rankings today. Oh, and God. I wanted to actually gouge my own eyes out when I was reading this. Only... Their logic, like, actually made no sense. So, they had the Yankees as the number three team in baseball okay. going into the season. I guess they had the Padres over them. That's really the only team I can think of. Um, yeah. Or the maybe the White Sox, but, like, whatever. I, I, I guess the Padres. They had the Yankees after uh, – what did they do it? They did it this morning. So, today is Tuesday. So, they did it after four games. They yeah. had the Yankees 12th. They Seriously? dropped them nine spots. But the Orioles are three and one. They have them like twenty second. Yeah. It just uh, Bleacher Report's just like notorious. I think they do it on purpose just to get clicks. But like, oh my, how can you do an MLB power rankings for four games into the? Season? We overreact the first. We overreact everything. We overreact the first week of you know NFL games. We overreact opening day, especially because I feel like opening day. 
and opening weekend just feels bigger than any other sport opening up yeah. because you know it's so it's so long it's the start to a you know a marathon mm-hmm. but you know you look at the Mets now the Mets are playing you know in Philadelphia right now they they lost last night uh, you know and we'll get into it a tough one like a really tough one but the Mets didn't play all weekend and they come out here and you can just tell it this isn't proof enough when you don't play other teams you know very competitively not spring training you know you do start off slow and, yeah. and like the yankees and and like a lot of other teams you start off slow and there's no reason to overreact now yeah, we can we can get into the game the met game last night we can overreact about how they lost yeah that was that was tough to watch i mean but like and then again it's one loss like i don't want to hear the mets fans complaining oh same old mets like it's one it's one game it's one loss but i can tell you right now you can just sense. I was in the stadium and I was around a bunch of insane Philly fans. You could tell the second they brought Degrom out after seventy-seven pitches. You could tell. I said to my friend Michael, I was sitting next to. Him, I said, "I've seen this story before. This doesn't end well for us." Yeah. Because first of all, he was cruising. He listen. He didn't look like himself the first two innings. No. He really didn't. But he settled in. He retired the last. I think it was seven or nine batters. He was throwing like triple digits. Throwing you know, triple typical digits. Typical He looked nasty. And to take him out for what was his reasoning? What was Luis Rojas's reasoning? Please, can you say uh, it? He had six ups. They thought that was enough. He got what, up enough times. What, what? What? Can you explain to me? Can somebody explain to me what an up is? Getting ready to pitch, I guess, is too much. To get up from the dugout and, you know, walk out to the mound is, is too much. He pitched six innings, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, he has 77 pitches. Let's say it takes 13 to get through the seventh. If they told me, seven, listen, we didn't want to push him past 90 or 100. Oh, yeah. Reasonable. Listen, it says he hasn't pitched in 10 days. I get that. That's reasonable. I can live with that. Seven strong. But that I can't live with. I'm, I want to overreact to it because it was a game that they should have won. It was their first game, and you like to win the first game. Yeah. It just it feels bigger, even though in the end it's just one game. doesn't count for any more than a regular game in July. But it was such a winnable game, and there were so many mistakes from a manager that a lot of fans, including myself, are not high on. And that's the problem. I think – I just think Luis Rojas is like an idiot for the way he responded. Like – that's a move that is very suspect, but, like, you can defend it at this portion in the season. It was the first game of the year. So, he could have been like, oh, we thought DeGrom, he pitched well. We didn't want to run up his pitch count too much. We haven't played, no, like, in 10 days or 10 whatever. Days. Or whatever. Six ups? I've never even heard that it, like that. I've never heard before. that either. So, you're telling me the reason why he was kept out of the game was because he had to take his jacket off, str- maybe do a little stretch, you know, stretch the back out, then walk out of the mound and throw his his little warm up oh, pitches. They thought that's too much. too much. I'd rather bring in Aaron Loop or Trevor May or whoever the hell they brought in. Let's not put in our two time Cy Young, one of the greatest pitchers we've ever seen. No, he's gotten up too many times. You know, we, well, we need yeah. a we need he needs a, a rest. Yeah, he needs a rest. Yeah, the poor guy. Oh, he's got to get up too many times. Like what? Is that, what is idiotic <laughs> reasoning? Like I seriously, I've never heard that before. I'm watching this game right now. Chase Anderson's through five. He's got 80 pitches. I I think he needs to come out right now. He's, <laughs> he might be a little tired. He yeah. got up too many yeah. times. 
No, but better hope his shoelace doesn't get yeah. on time. If he, if he has to bend over, that might knock down a couple pitches. There were a couple other things that you can argue with his managing last night. Um, that was not that because that was terrible. But one of them was it was top of the fourth. It was bases loaded. Now Kevin Pillar started last night in center. Okay, so to them this is their better, and it is it's their better defensive alignment in the outfield. So they had Nimmo in left, and they had Pillar in center. Right. Now, their reasoning was Matt Moore was pitching. He's a lefty. They didn't want Dom in versus the lefty, and he's not a good defender. So, I'm like, okay, that you know, you can argue that. So, there had to be a reasoning, right? Pilar must be yeah, much yeah. better against yeah. lefties, and he's better than Smith against lefty. And maybe he's seen more a bunch of times. Yeah. Not only was Pilar not good against Matt Moore in his career – but he, the numbers between them, between Smith and Pilar against lefties, are eerily similar. So why wasn't your third or fourth best hitter not in the lineup opening day? Why was he left out of the lineup? Ugh. It makes no sense to me. So then it was bases loaded. It was the top of the fourth. The Mets were up. So you maybe you pinch hit Pilar there. Yeah. Put Dom Smith in. If he hits a double or even a single, you score two. Now you're up three or four nothing. Exactly. Now you're like, okay, we can put him in left field. Yeah. But his answer to that was, <laughs> well, we would have put Albert Mora in the game. Oh. We, so oh. I just don't that's understand good. what this guy is doing. That's good. No, that's really, yeah, that's good. The thing I didn't get, why not bat McNeil leadoff? Like, to me, he's like I, a perfect leadoff. Player. I like Nimmo leadoff. He gets on base. No, but, okay, I'm saying instead of Pilar. Right? Oh, last night. Yeah. Why Because they, yeah. they benched Nimmo yesterday, right? No, Nimmo played in left. They benched Smith. Isn't Nimmo not that good against lefties, though? Uh, I don't like, know. Nimmo's no gold glove. No. I mean, I know he's better in, he's in better left, in left. he is in center. Listen, but I, I don't, know, I don't like, get it. Even the way I looked at like how, you, how to split up the lefties and the righties, I think my perfect Mets lineup, I think you can make a good argument for Nimmo leading off, but the way I would do it is I would have McNeil, then you have Lindor, then Conforto third. So they you have, have Conforto Lefty third. switch lefty. Bat Pete cleanup, and then whatever, the, whatever the way you want to shake up those last four guys, three right. guys, who are the pitchers, you know, the nine hitter. Yeah. The whatever you want to shake up those last three guys, but yeah, I don't really see Kevin Pillar making making much sense there. No, and I and I get it, you know, late game substitution. He's you know he's a better center fielder than both guys, better outfielder, but yeah, he's a great defender. You know, it's opening day. <laughs> You're facing a. I mean, listen. Matt Moore is nothing to be scared of as a lefty. No. Listen, if you're facing Kershaw, fine. You know, you want to put... And if Pilar was good against lefties, I understand. But he's he's just average. He's league average against lefties. So, you brought up batting. You brought up lineups. And, and I really want to get into this. We spoke about it before, though, over text messages. Why? So, I said it the other day. Hicks bats third. Yeah. So, you, so I heard reasoning. Oh, he gets on base. Which still doesn't really make much sense. It doesn't make sense. So Hicks is out of the lineup tonight. So you think, all right, you know what? Hicks hasn't been playing well. He's older. Maybe we'll move him down and yeah. we'll try Glaber, who's one of our best hitters yeah. at the third spot. But Brett that Gardner's batting third tonight. reasonable thing to do. So the I feel like this started a few years ago when Stanton was at Miami. They started to bat your your best, whether it was power hitter, your best hitter second. Yeah. And honestly, I like it. I they, do, the, too. The Yankees bat judge second. Second or third, I think, is where your best hitter should be. Right. Exactly. Like, the Mets have Lindor, and then they have Conforto or Alonzo batting I, third. Yeah. I think in the National League, 
you're more I would be more prone to bat my best hitter third uh -huh. just because that nine hitter is usually like an automatic out because it's your pitcher. Unless he's Jacob. So at the most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the most, you'll have one guy on base. You'll say right, or if whatever, there'll be another out if you if it, the eight hitter batted lead off for that and then whatever. In the AL, though, you'll have your best hitter, your best contact hitter, or whoever batting first, and then your best hitter overall is batting second, right? The Aaron Hicks thing makes no sense to me. Like, he's a high on base guy, so then you'll be like, oh, maybe we should bat him leadoff. But you're like, you have DJ LeMahieu, who's like the best contact hitter at the game, batting so leadoff. You're not going to bat Hicks over him. Their logic, for what I've heard, is like, oh, like, he's such a tough at... Like, Aaron Hicks does work good at bats. That's why he gets on so much, but they're like... Oh, he's such a tough at bat that like these pitchers just want to get through him and they want to face, uh, you know, because they want to get him out to face Stanton so they can pitch mm -hmm. around Stanton or whatnot. It makes no sense. It really makes no sense to me because the what's been going on lately is pitchers are attacking Hicks and he's off to a slow start, which a lot of guys are, but he looks like lost at the plate because he's not and he's not working the counts like he usually does. And it's not surprising that they're attacking him again. You have Stanton, you have Glaber, you have Gary coming up. Of mm -hmm. course, that's the guy out of almost everybody that I'm going to pitch to. I even understand I'm a big Clint Frazier fan. I would bet Clint Frazier ahead of him. Uh, you said it. You bet him ninth. I completely agree with that. You, if he gets on base a lot, if you trust him to get on base a lot, they're going to pitch to him. He's going to get a good pitch to hit. I would bat him ninth because it's almost the same thing as batting him third where you're saying, okay, I want – they're going to say I want to go after him so I don't have to deal with DJ. See, I would bat – See, this is tough. I would bet Gardner ninth just because he's batted there so many times in his career. Mm -hmm. He's like a, he's kind of like that Joe Madden philosophy where he bats the pitcher eighth. Like he's a like a double leadoff guy, so he could get on base, maybe like put some pressure on the pitchers because the threat of the steal and everything. Hicks, I probably wouldn't bat ninth. I'd probably bat him somewhere from the sixth to like eight range, maybe seven, because I think you could have like a good guy like Gio Urshela where you can, you know, pitchers aren't gonna. Be oh let me attack Aaron Hicks because I don't want to face Gio Rochelle. Like mm -hmm. Gio Rochelle is a respected hitter, but he's not an average judge or Giancarlo Stanton. So I think Hicks can still get his his pitches and work his counts like he usually does. And then when he walks and gets on base, then you have a good contact guy and Gio Rochelle are batting right behind him. Right. He could you know knock him in or move him from base to base. But the whole the whole batting third thing I really just don't understand and. I can see the argument for Hicks, though. Like they say, they want him to work the counts. I don't agree with it, but I can see the argument. Brett Gardner batting third in this game <laughs> literally makes no sense. Like, the only possible explanation I can think of is they want to split up the lefties. But there's two lefties in the lineup. Jay Bruce is batting seventh, and Gardner's batting third. If anything, it should be the opposite. Uh -huh. It should be Jay yeah. Bruce is batting third, and that Brett Gardner is batting seventh. That would make a little more sense, but... I still don't yeah, say, there's like no a, argument. He's like a 250 hitter who hits like 22 home runs a year, Brett Gardner. And he's not like a crazy high on base guy. Like, he's like Hicks. Like, he'll work the count. He'll foul balls up. But he, does, he doesn't have as great of an eye that Hicks does. So, I I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll look it up really quick. But he, you know, he's not a, a 400 on base guy. Right. I just, I can't really, and I'm start, I started to notice it last season. But the way these managers manage the game, or whether it's coming from the front office, like people think, and I, th I think it is now. Yeah. The way they manage the game, the way they want to be so analytically correct, you know, oh, this is the right way, he has better numbers here. 
it's just it's so difficult. It's so difficult yeah. to watch because you're taking so much out of the game, and um, it just makes no sense. I'm usually not a traditionalist in a lot of thing uh, in in sports in a lot of senses, but this is where I am a traditionalist. I'm like half and half. So I think analytics. First of all, analytics are a tool. It's not like a Bible where everything is that you use analytics. This is, you know, what we use for everything. If these are all the moves we make, right? I think analytics is a good tool to use over the course of a 162 game season because. Those stats you get are from a, a long-term thing, right? So they'll all balance out and add up over 162 games. The whole using analytics in it, like if I wouldn't throw analytics in the garbage in the playoffs, but I would definitely not use it as much as I did in the regular mm-hmm. season because it's not a 162-game season. It's at the most, if you go to like the World Series, like 20 games or something it's like that. It's a completely that. different element. So like... Everybody, Kevin Cash got flamed for taking out Blake Snell last year in that, uh, was that the World it was, Series? It was one of the it World was, Series. It was the World yeah. Series, right? Yeah. He had, what, like 70 pitches? Yeah, it was because, five innings. Because the analytics, the way they go is the third time through the lineup, the third time through when the pitcher faces that lineup, they're they're more prone to hit him around and whatever. But everyone knew Blake Snell, he was on that. Like, he, he had really good stuff that day. Like, he was looking really sharp. So why why would you take him out? In, a, in the analytical sense, if you do that, let's say they take Blake Snell out five times in a 162-game season in the fifth inning because of that, then yeah, I'll add up maybe because sometimes Blake Snell wasn't looking as sharp and whatever. Maybe it's some luck got Some pitchers, the third time through the lineup is tougher. I've seen that. In before. a World Series game, though, you can't just be like, oh, the analytics are telling me this, so this is what's going to happen. Like it's 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 a one it's one singular game on the the greatest stage in baseball. Like you can't just use out a you have to use your head a little bit. It takes the human element out of the game. You know the you look at some of the top teams in baseball. The Mets, I'm excuse me, not the Mets, the Dodgers, <laughs> the Yankees. They have they put a lot of resources into their analytical department. Yeah, and they you, it's proven they are the better teams in the league and. One of the things when Steve Cohen bought the team was he wanted to put a lot of money because the Mets had nothing in his in their analytical department. Right. They almost wanted to become the East Coast version of the Dodgers. Now, I'm okay with that because, again, it's a good tool, especially in the regular season. But it, you're right. It's not a Bible. You can't live and die on it. You're going to have to make – your manager's going to have to make quick in-game decisions that have nothing to do with numbers. Exactly. Just on basic feeling and how, and how you're looking – I really hope that that move last night to pull Jacob DeGrom was not analytical. I'm sure the the reason to start Pilar over Smith and put Nimmo in left, I'm sure that was analytical. I'm sure that was looking at numbers and saying, oh, he's bad defensively and Pilar's better against lefties, you know, by a slight margin. Still, it's just, it's, t- it's taking over the game in a wrong, wrong way. And, you know, like you said, the whole human element aspect of it. So when Kevin Cash takes Blake Snell out of the game, right? Who's to say that who who he's bringing in to replace Blake Snell is a better option? I know the Rays had a very good bullpen, but I don't remember who they brought in and what the circumstances were, but let's just say they brought in Diego Castillo, right? Maybe Diego Castillo pitched the game before, right? He pitched a game... And he, his pitch count got up to, you know, 20. 
who's to say he's going to be just as sharp this time? Yeah. I, it, it, there's so many different factors that go into it. And you can't just be like, oh, okay, third time through the order, he's not going to be as well. So, like Miguel Rojas did yesterday, let me bring in uh, – Oh, yeah, Miguel Rojas is the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Luis Rojas says, oh, yeah, let me bring in Trevor May or whoever they brought in. Who did they bring in? Miguel Castro. Oh, Miguel Castro. Yeah, nasty, no, that's, but... he He's the guy. He got traded from the Rockies to somebody. In a, I, was oh, it Baltimore? It was the Troy Tulowitzki trade, I think, where they traded Castro to the Blue Jays. Or, no, they traded – yeah, I don't know, something like that. I think I want to say that he him ended from up Baltimore. in Baltimore. Okay, they got him from Baltimore, and he he looked phenomenal in, in spring training, and he looked. I mean, besides for the fact that his first out was a fly ball to the warning track, he looked really good. Yeah. His sinker was touching a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, no, he he has very good stuff. I remember he faced the Yankees a few times, and he would just get super wild, and you know, and That's typical thing. typical stuff. Typical relievers who don't have enough control and. They don't. They're not. They're throwers. They're not pitchers. Reminds me of a skinny, younger version of Jerry Familia. But anyway, so I, I was, I was in Philadelphia. I didn't even tell you these stories yet. Yeah, I can't wait to. I mean, like it's absolutely phenomenal. So I went with my friend Michael, and we, we drove down. We left at about two, one, two o'clock last night, yesterday. Excuse me. So we first of all we went to Geno's. We got um, cheesesteak. It? it was, it was good. It was good. It wasn't crazy. Listen, I think I like Pat's better. I don't know. Like, when we go get pizza in the city, I know what I'm getting, yeah. right? I know what's elite and I know what's not. Yeah. I can't tell you. Like, I have no other experience. It's I can't little, tell you if it's elite. It's a little fast foody, Gino's. Okay. You know, they're like a little, you go in, you order, you get your cheesecake, cheesesteak in two minutes. Yes, you do. So, I haven't weird. been to like a re- like not necessarily a restaurant, but somewhere where they take their time a little more and whatever, and you get a little more steak it's a little more expensive i haven't been to a place like i heard like dallas andros is free but it's a good cheesesteak so pat's is more like well what's pat's they're very similar you saw pat's is right across the street right? yeah it was packed actually pat's is like i don't know i'm not a philly resident but i've, I've been <laughs> twice to pat's and once to gino's well you're definitely pat's, not you're you a nice person yeah pat's gets a little more Get a little more meat. All pads. right. A little, a little more. And the onions are a little more. Like, it's a little more flavorful. Okay. So, let me hear about the, the maniacs in Philly. All right. So, uh, so we were sitting behind these two guys from Philly. We were busting each other's balls. We are going back and forth. But, you know, that yeah, we, we weren't, yeah. <laughs> we weren't, you know, disrespectful. They weren't disrespectful. Yeah. They were good. Were you now. wearing a match? What, are you wearing match stuff? Match stuff, yeah. And I mean, we were walking around to town like we were getting Geno's. Oh. I mean, dirty looks, people screaming at us. But anyway, that's not even it. So these guys, you know, we're chit chatting for most of the game. They're right behind us. And then you got these other people to the left of us, and they're going at it. I mean, just c- constant screaming. There were a lot of Met fans. Really? There were a lot of meth fans, which was nice. Are they still doing that that seven line thing? Yeah, I don't COVID, I don't know what they're doing this year. I think there's a couple outings. They weren't there though. Okay. But still so we the Mets lose, right? So we're walking out. So I don't think anything of it. You know, like we yeah. lost. Yeah, whatever. I know these people are crazy. We're walking out of this game. And I'll tell you exactly what these people said. This kid, he's a twig, okay? He's a little older, but he's a twig. He starts screaming at me and my friend. F you. You guys bleeping suck. You guys are terrible. That's a long ride home. 
get the F out of my city. I'm like, oh my God. So my friend says something back to him and then he's cursing at yeah. us. And we're like, All right, we gotta get away yeah. from this guy. This guy's <laughs> shot. Well, guy was probably drunk out of his mind, I'd imagine. Right. And just so many other stories that I can't, I can't repeat right now. Like this guy walked up to us, called us a derogatory name. So he's like, we're like this. Like we're, we're walking to our car. We're just past each other. He says it, like screams it in our face. And I go, thanks a lot. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely insane. These people are crazy. But this is the last thing I want to just touch on. So these guys that we were talking to, though they were screaming back and forth over there. And they said, he goes, listen, Philadelphia is small. It's, you know, a third of New York, you know, yeah. the city. Combine all the boroughs. I can make a call right now. And somebody can be here at the end of the game waiting for you at your basically threatening somebody else's life like we can have somebody waiting for you at the exit just no problem you know it'll be taken care of who was this guy this guy that was sitting behind us he was just you know, he was, he was just nice like guy. telling you he was like because they were going back at it they were uh, really screaming at each other wait like, you guys were sitting, had to come when this kid was just f you and all this you oh, were that walking was, we out. were walking out yeah so this is when we were just sitting okay, down so this is where you're the sitting down okay it was unbelievable. I'm like, oh my god! And I said to him, like, yeah, you know, our parents, you know, were like, listen, you, like, I knew the stereotype. Yeah. I knew they were crazy. I yeah. knew they were mean. They are mean people. I walked into an insomnia cookie. Okay, insomnia cookies are amazing. I walked in. They go, we're just doing pickup delivery orders. I go, what about the ice cream? The guy looks at me and screams. We're only doing big home and delivery. And I start laughing. He goes, what are you, an idiot? I'm like, <laughs> we just walked out. It was unbelievable. Uh, Whatever stereotype you've ever heard about Philadelphia people, it's true. Okay. If it's that. I didn't, I didn't have that experience. I mean, maybe it was because when I went to a Phillies game, I was like 11. Yeah. You but just, you I, just didn't had, know. I had a Jason Hayward Braves jersey for some reason. Oh. And I walked. Well, that's great. That's, that's, I, I don't think that's any better than whether we're in a and bench jersey. Hey, it's not as bad as my Randall Gritchick Cardinals oh, jersey, my which is hot, by the way. It life. is nice jersey. I'm enough enough slander about that. <laughs> I have a Randall Gritchick Cardinals, like, cream white Cardinals jersey. And, of course, the guy got traded, whatever, 30 days after I bought it's it. It's a beautiful jersey. Don't ask me why I love Randall Gritchick. I just <sighs> do. Anyways, what was I saying? You were at the Phillies game and you said the experience oh, yeah. wasn't as bad. I had, yeah, I was with Luke, and my friend Luke and his family, and we were with, you know, I was with my family, so it's a nice family, nice day game. Phillies Braves, it's whatever, May whatever, 2014, I'm wearing my Jason Hayward Braves jersey. Right. I didn't get any, uh, any comments thrown my way. Well, these guys were like, we just hate you guys, like we yeah. hate everything yeah. about New York. Well, maybe it was you, be, maybe you, it was because I was like, like I said, I was like, well, probably was earlier, twenty fourteen. I think I was like twelve. So yeah, I mean, even, um, even but yeah, maybe it was because I was with my family and I was like a kid. Yeah, but uh, some of the kids though, what do some you mean of the hate New York. Like what? the guy, the guy literally said to me, he goes, "I can't believe you're here. Like we hate your state. We hate everything about you." And then I had a Giants lanyard, and he was like, "Oh, and the Giants," and I had a WFM mask, and he goes, "I actually like a few guys from there," but. Still, like, they just, they dislike New York, like, with a passion. Kind of like how I dislike Philadelphia with a passion. I guess, I guess they're, you know, obviously they're Eagles Well, fans. I guess it's like, I don't know. Like, when I, to, when I went to Boston, I was like, these people kind of suck. First of all, they sound like morons. Yeah. Right? Uh, the Haba, Pac, the yeah. Kai, like, 
they don't pronounce R's for some reason. <laughs> um, but I like liked the city of Boston. I was like, this is a really Hold nice on. city, and I was like, okay, like I would actually like I would live there. It would be a little difficult, and I like I, I wouldn't go to Fenway Park because obviously I despise the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. But like that would sports taken out of it, I would live in Boston. I think it's a very nice city. I actually liked Philadelphia. I liked the city, although the people are like insane. Yeah. Maybe if I was wearing my Mets yeah, sweatshirt and jersey and yeah. hat, but I liked the city. I really want to go to Boston because. You always talk about how nice the city was. I want to go to a game at Fenway, and I want right. to go to Boston. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to Philly enough times for me to say I'd move there. I respect a couple of things. They are diehard fans. Yeah. I think it's really cool that every stadium is right there. Like you that, the I love Fargo, that. Center. I, I wish New York was like – I mean, I know we don't have one team for each sport. I said There's this more yesterday. Maybe. But why do I – first of all, why do I want to do Jersey for a Jet game? I know. And, and it's 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 like in the middle of like swamplands basically. Yeah. It's terrible. So got, I wish it was like that, but yeah, Lincoln Financial across the street from Citizens Bank. It's it's perfect. I'll give it to you. Uh, you know, I love going to Yankee Stadium and everything, but City Field is. We're from Long Island, so City Field is much easier to go to. Oh yeah, much hundred percent. It's, I mean, it's. A, half hour car Especially ride and a forty five minute the drive to Yankee Stadium. Oh my god, and finding parking. It's like. It's ter- It's actually. I terrible. haven't been to Yankee Stadium that much. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, and I guess that's just the reason. I'm not yeah. a Yankee fan, and it's, you know, an sob to get to. Yeah. Spe- speaking of the Yankees, uh, Garrett Cole is like dealing right now. What was he got? He's got seven innings pitched, four hits, no runs, wow. no walks, thirteen strikeouts. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How many ups does he have? Are they gonna take him oh, out I don't soon? Know. Well, it's seven innings, so that means he's gotten up like seven Maybe times. Maybe he got up to get water yeah. in the eighth. They might, he might be they done might for the They might tally that, too. Yeah. Did he not get, like, flames for that? Because, uh, like, Rojas, like, I wasn't on, I don't, I'm not on Mets Twitter yeah. much, and, or even Mets media. Like, did they rip him apart for that? They did. He answered the questions. Like, you know how he answered them. And apparently, again, I was at the game, so I didn't hear Gary, Keith, and Ron, but they kept going back at it. They, yeah. And I even heard a little bit before while I was watching, before we can't, we did this, they, they were still talking about it. Yeah. One of the – Howie Rose had said something. Love Howie Rose. Love Howie Rose. He said something when I was driving to your house before that when they asked Rojas how many pitches he thinks DeGrom can go tonight, he said 90 to 100. And I saw that on Twitter. Right. And again, I said before that makes sense. Yeah. But he didn't. Go to 90. He didn't even get to 80. He didn't get to... It's just... Again, it's the first game of the year, but, it, you know, you keep him in. You keep him in for the seventh. You go to Castro or, you know, whatever. It's a different game. You, you were talking differently here. But, anyway, we're going to be right back. Quick break. And we're going to get into Giants-Jets. And, and the lists. The, the lists and the big Sam Darnold news. The s Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. And we are back. So we are going to get to our lists for this week. We got a nice one, a little controversial, a little interesting. We got the top five worst franchises in the four major sports. 
basketball, football, hockey, baseball, if you didn't know. So, let's get to it. You want to start off at five? Should I get... I got my honorable mentions. I wrote down because some of these teams were really close to making it. So, I'm just going to say those real quick and then I'll give you my five. Okay. So, I have three honorable mentions. This list was actually like very interesting to me. It, mm-hmm. it took me a while. I was really breaking down stuff. Cleveland Indians are an honorable mention. Okay. Same city. Cleveland Browns are an honorable mention. Okay. I thought about the Browns. And hockey, honorable mention, Arizona Coyotes. Which is a little like interesting because they used to be the Winnipeg Jets, but now there are the Winnipeg Jets. Like little same thing with the Browns, how they used to be the Browns, then they were the Ravens, and now there's the Browns are back. Yeah. So you kind of have to decide whose history is whose. Um, but first I'll tell you, my list has three football teams, one baseball, and one basketball team. Mine has the same. Really. Three football. Oh, that's the sketchy. Uh, this might be the same list. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see what order it's in. So, number five, and I have this team five, or this franchise five. They would have been higher if it wasn't for their recent success, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. okay? Worst winning percentage in NFL history. It's actually under 400. It's like 393. Wow. Like, they are, like, really bad historically. They literally just won the Super Bowl, so I can't. If they hadn't won the Super Bowl, they might have been number one. But, they, you know, you added their, that's their second Super Bowl. So, two Super Bowls, you know, kind of inconsistent in their history, obviously. They're, sure. like, the worst team in, you know, the in terms of winning percentage. But I give them them five because they just they won the Super Bowl, and yeah. All right. Who's your number five? My number five is the San Diego Padres. Ooh. They've never won a World Series. Their winning percentage is top five worst yeah. all time. I don't... I didn't look this up, but it just came to my brain. I don't think they have a no-hitter or a perfect game. I think they're like the only team. They're that one of the only have, teams. Yeah, one of them. So, I put them, and I thought you were actually going to say that Padres is like their recent success because they are on the rise. they got a really good young team right now. Right. They have a chance to, you know, in the, for the next 10 years, I mean, be really dominant in the National League. So, I, I had the Padres at... 10 i mean they were in the playoffs before last year like 10 years ago remember they played mm-hmm. colorado it was a really good series but yeah so i had them at 10 who do you got at um you got them at five what five sorry did i say 10 yeah 10 i was gonna say you got another <laughs> nine teams you're gonna tell me <laughs> no definitely not all right so four I'll, I'll go with four okay i have the arizona cardinals okay they don't have a super bowl victory they also have one of the worst records winning percentage wise they were in the Super Bowl. They had, what was that, Kurt Warner, right? Yeah. James Harrison pick James six. James Harrison pick six. That was, that, was their la- that was a really good Super Bowl. That was a good Bowl. Super Bowl. That was their last Super Bowl, right? Yep. Then they right. almost made it the year Cam Newton went with yes. the Panthers. Yeah, Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer and they, that. they really like so the they, young quarterbacks. Recently, now. they haven't been awful, but yeah, they, well, they, they haven't won. I think they won an NFL championship before they merged in like yes. 19 something like 40 something while maybe. i was doing this list actually i saw a bunch of teams like that like yeah. i'm like they i only NFL, did super bowl yeah so did i i, I mean was... that's that's how we base it off yeah. we don't say when we say who has the most championships in football and then I the mean, packers the would packers be by are, far the best yeah team and ever. the giants have been here, here since 1925 mm-hmm. and they have a few so it's like you know same so you thing can't with baseball i didn't like the indians i almost put them there the only reason why they have some sort of success is from 
those like they used to whatever nineteen twenty they were good and stuff. I mean they haven't been awful for a hundred years, but like they just made the World Series like yeah. five years ago. But yeah, They've I think I think relevant. all these teams that I put are are worst franchise in the Indians. Yeah. So my number three. All right, sorry, I didn't say my number four. You're number four. My number four hits close to home. I got my New York Jets wow. as the number four. I didn't have them on my list. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I mean, I wonder who your last yeah. one's gonna be. Your last football team. Um, yeah, pretty bad. The Jets have won the AFC East, I think, four times, mm. which is like just absolutely pathetic. Yeah. Um, they the longest playoff drought in football. I think is the second longest is like five years right now. Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So they're five years ahead of their double the drought yeah. in front of the second longest drought. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Actually, One though. Super Bowl. I know it's, uh, that all like everybody's been. And yeah, no, the league, like the that, competition in the league has been very good. Yeah. It's very um, balanced lately. Yeah. They won Super Bowl, a crap ton of losing seasons. More head coaches than you can even come to your head. Yep. More quarterbacks. I mean, you can't even. They, Greg McElroy was started a game for this team in the last ten years. But who's Bryce Petty from Bryce Baylor? Pe- oh yeah, no, that was a sleeper of the draft according to everybody. Yep. Oh, good pick for the Jets. Remember that Christian Hackenberg. I hate the that. new. Okay, you know how you become a top five worst franchise. So the Jets draft Jamal Adams with the sixth pick in 2017, right? Yeah. That same draft, Deshaun Watson, they passed up on Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. Now, you can't rip them apart. They don't have a crystal ball and see who's going to be phenomenal, right? But they were, Deshaun Watson was a very good prospect. Pat I would have taken Watson one in that yeah. draft. The New York Jets were not interested in either of the quarterbacks because they felt confident in their second-round draft pick the year before, <laughs> Christian Hackenberg from Penn State, who can't even hold a starting quarterback job in the XFL, yeah. okay? So, yeah, that, that makes you a, a pretty dysfunctional franchise. That was definitely put you they on the have, list. I have them number four. Um, num- my number three, you already said them, Arizona Cardinals. Not great. Just yeah. just, just not great. Um, yeah, you, you kind of went through it. Pretty pretty bad franchise. Arizona kind of kind of down bad. I had uh, the Coyotes were uh, an honorable mention, and the Suns too. I mean, I didn't think about them, but not a great not franchise great. either. Mari Stoudemire, Steve Nash. Yeah, they had Bar- right Charles Barkley back in the day. Um, I don't. They, they might. They lost. I know they lost to Jordan in the finals. Yes, but I don't know. If, I, don't I don't know if they have a championship. Um, I don't think they do, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But uh. Yeah, I have them number three. So that's all my football teams. So my last two teams oh. are baseball and basketball. All right, because my all right. So my th- number three is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, they've. Can you think of great players on that team? Like ever, Kevin Love was Kevin one Garnett. of them, and Kevin Garnett, and they right? Her. They so, I mean, I think that can explain it right there. They've they've never won. They. Again, I had here, they have two, two good players. Like, two really good players in their franchise history. One of the worst winning percentages. They've only been around for, like, 23 years. And it's just been absolute crap. Yeah. So, my my last two are football. Okay. Um, I didn't have the Timberwolves. So, my basketball is different. Wow. All right. Go with your number so two. So, they're your number two. The Bur- no, the Timberwolves are my number three. I have two more. Read your number two. My number two is the Detroit Lions. Oh yeah, all right. 
I, mean, I thought about the Lions. They didn't make my list. I mean, they're yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely disgusting. They can ruin careers. They make people. They force people to retire early. Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. Nobody wants to play for them. They ruined Matt Stafford, who yeah. was a young, talented guy. I really guy. hope he does well. So do I. I think he's going to do very well. But they they had one of the only 0-16 seasons. And, I mean, I don't think there's any more explaining to do. They're, a, they're an absolute joke. They are. You know, I, I would like to add them to my honorable mentions okay. list. I forgot to add them. You can um, have them there. I give they, would, they, they would actually be probably the worst out of my honorable mentions. They would probably be sixth. Um... Alright, so my number two, you already said... Wait, so we're going to have... My number one isn't on your list. No. That's crazy. Okay. You already said them. San Diego Padres are my number two. Wow. Um, yeah, they they, they, they they haven't been good in no. a long... They had a very bad playoff drought. They just broke it last year. Mm-hmm. But they had a very bad playoff drought. I forgot how long it was. But if you just go through the years, every year in the 2000s is like... 74 and 88, 77 and 85, you know, 68 and whatever. Like Missing the playoffs. They, they are just not good. Um, nice jerseys, though. I like their... I like the new jerseys. The home jerseys I like. The road ones I'm not the biggest fan of. You know, we've um, had arguments about this. But even their old jerseys I like, too. I, I think they, they, they have good jerseys. Um, so, my number one, basketball. Owned by the one of the greats of all time, the Charlotte Hornets wow, are my right? number one. Um, yeah, I mean, absolute dumpster fire, this yeah. organization. Um, they used to be the Bobcats. We all remember when the Bobcats in the lockdown season won nine games out of 66. So they were oh. 9 and 50. What is that? 9 and 55. You're asking the wrong person to do math 9 here. and 57. 9 and 57 they went that year. Um. Yeah, not, same thing. You want to name some stars? I mean, I don't it's, want it's, to it's even pretty try. T- I mean, it's not like they've never had like an all star. Al Jefferson but was on the Bobcats, yeah, though. Yeah. Um, just really bad. They've never won a championship. The Bo- the Bobcats. The Bobcats. What what was it? They moved to New Orleans. I have no clue. The, and then they become the Pelicans. The difference between then, the Pelicans, the Hornets, the Bobcats. Yeah, the, is it's just, count, the Bobcats are counted as Hornets history. Now. Okay. It's so confusing. So the city of Charlotte has just not had a good basketball team. I mean, yeah. they, they are, like, terrible. And it's it's funny how they're owned by Michael Jordan, but it just proves, just like Phil Jackson, if you're good at playing or you're good at coaching, it doesn't mean you're going to be a good executive. front office executive yeah. or whatever you are. Yep. So my my number one, that's I saw them. I considered putting them on the list actually. My number one, and I feel strongly about this. I had to do no research whatsoever for this. I, I was like, I'm slotting them them in at number one. The Bro. Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, listen, they listen. They've had success right recently, but we all know I mean, what's what, going to happen. They haven't won a playoff game exactly. in like fifteen years or something. I think it's longer than that. I think it's but twenty they, plus years. Didn't they have some success when they had like Boomer Esiason? They went to the Super Bowl and... once with Boomer. They don't have a win. They don't have a win. I don't, I'm almost positive they don't have a win. I, it's just unbelievable. Listen, getting to the playoffs is great and all, but in the yeah. last ten years, whatever they've since been they've been the, good, they've they, been they, they the haven't com- won a playoff. Game. They've been in the conference championship. I mean, they've been to the Super Bowl twice, eighty one and eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, that was that was when. Uh, and they lost, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I gotta kind of 
Like, they're, they're at least relevant somewhat. Like, they've made the playoffs 14 times, and especially in the in the 2000s, you know, the 21st century, they made it one, two, three. They made it seven times. No, listen, I'm not debating. They're second in the long, longest drought, 2015. I'm, I'm not debating. But really, that's the last time they were in the playoffs? 2015, yeah. Wow, I thought it was more recently. A.J. McCarron started that game for yeah. them, and they lost to the Steelers. That yes. was that game. That was like the Montez Perfect era. I just, you know, they've, they've had good teams, right, with Andy Dalton, but they don't spend money. No. You know, the ownership is content yeah. with no, just they're, drafting they're definitely... guys and letting them go. That also added to it. That also added to my reasoning of putting them at number one. It's just... So how you many, know what's going to happen. So, the only football team we had was who? The Cardinals? Cardinals? Yeah, and okay. then we had the Padres. Right. And I think that was it, yeah. But you had Bengals and Lions, and I had Jets and Bucks. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I was going to put the Bucks, but I mean, listen. They've won two Super Bowls. Now, I know it kind of looks like outliers in their franchise's success, but I think they're going to be back this year at least. So, yeah, but I mean, right. if they, well, we're not talking about it. No, this year, I know, right? but still. They they've been su- successful recently. I mean, I want to just pull up. I was on Football Reference um looking at their they they give a season by season record breakdown. And some of the seasons was like, "Oh my." Like they would be a, a top 5 pick like 10 years in a row. Yeah. I mean, 393 all-time win percent. All right, let's let's see this. So, they are 2-0 in the Super Bowl. Jets are 1-0. You know, Impressive. Whatever. <laughs> They've been in the Super Bowl twice. They have been to the playoffs. Did they break that? Oh, so they had the longest drought before the Jets. The Jets and the Browns both had... Um, I mean, the Bucks and the Browns both had long drafts going into this year, but they broke it. That was their first time making the playoffs since 2007. Wow. Um. Okay. Oh, this is so wow. bad. Okay, so their first year in existence was 1976. They went 0-14. This is the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. Then in two, uh, 1977, the next year, they went 2-12. So they started off 2-26. and 26. Let me just give you 1983. I'll give you a decade. 1983 to 1993. 2-14, 6-10, 2-14, 2-14, 4-11, 5-11, 5-11, 5-11, 6-10, 3-13, 5-11, 5-11. Wow. They never won more than six games. So, I didn't want to go too recency bias and be like, oh, they just won the Super Bowl. Um, and they've been a little more relevant. Like, the year before, they were 7-9 and nine and whatever. Um, yeah, they, they are like the, the laughing stock of the NFL in terms of wins and losses. Like that, that is, that is bad. That is really, that is really that's bad. something else. So while we're on football, let's get right into it. So uh, let, let's start with the Jets, obviously a lot more. I, I feel like the Jets off season, this particular one, less painful than usual, but it's the most important one in a while. In a long time. I agree. They, you know, Douglas had to get the coach and. Listen, obviously he hasn't coached a game yet, but we all like him. He all he seems like a real, you know, good yeah. coach, good Knows solid Knows how to build dude. a team inside out. Right. Get the lines down. So, th- he got one right. And the next decision he was going to have to make was the quarterback. And he made his decision today. And it's the right one. I don't want to... Before we get to this. So, the Jets traded Darnold. They got 
a second round pick next season in 2022, a fourth rounder in 2022, and a sixth rounder this year. So, not a terrible haul, right? I mean, you got two picks next season, which sorry, Aaron Judge just hit a three-run home run. Oh, well, nice. I got aroused there. All right, nice. go ahead. Um, they got good picks next season. Those guys should be starters, absolute impact players on your team when you draft them next yeah. season. And a six-round pick this year, six-round pick this year. I don't understand why people defend Sam Darnold the way they do, especially Jeff fans. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Okay. I I actually, do you remember, I said to you before this past NFL season, I said, I would be shocked. I use the word shocked. If Sam Darnold was not our quarterback after, like if we weren't, not like this guy's like, oh, he's going to be an MVP, but like, I would be shocked if he wasn't our franchise guy after mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And what happened? I mean, there's a lot of different factors to blame. I'm not going to put it all on him. But he was like the worst starting quarterback in football. And now they just traded him. I was very much... It went, as soon as the season ended, I was kind of like, all right, what are they going to do? Because Zach Wilson, we still weren't sure about him yet. He's, he wasn't as big of a prospect in January as he is now. Mm-hmm. That's usually what happens. Um, And I was like, what are we going to draft? Justin Fields or something? And I was like, why don't we just trade down? Then the Watson stuff happened, but we now that guy's in a freaking mess. I don't know what's going to happen He's with him. He's in a mess, that guy. Um, It was the right decision. Like, I, I was very much on the Zach Wilson train this past month. Whether it was Zach Wilson or whoever, as soon as they, basically as soon as they hired Robert Sala. Because I'm a firm believer in, you don't necessarily have to get the best quarterback prospect. Because a lot of it comes from the coaching. I think if you... Good coaching brings the best out of players. So, yeah, if you get the third best quarterback in the draft, he might not be a Hall of Famer, but he can be your franchise quarterback if you coach him up properly and surround him with the right tools and whatever. Sam Donald, it was kind of a, you know, uh, it, let's just end it. It wasn't working out. He's got to go somewhere else. Try and, someone can try and fix him. But damaged it, goods it, it, at this it's point. The, he's damaged goods at this point, right. Um... Rich Sabini, who, you know, I cannot stand. Yeah. The guy's just the most miserable, uh, pessimistic. Like, he just loves every chance he gets to rip apart the Jets. He takes it. He goes, don't like this trade for the Jets. Feel like they just they could have traded down and uh, gotten a haul. Feels like they just gave away a winning lottery ticket. What? A winning lottery ticket? Sam Donald, like, how many excuses are we going to make for this guy? Yeah, he. they didn't give him the best weapons. They didn't give him the best O-line. They obviously didn't give him the best coach. But, like, can you shine through the darkness a little bit? What, did he throw nine touchdowns this Sh- year? Show me something show that me something. you can He's, be better. He still makes the same mistakes that he made in college and he made when he was a rookie. He doesn't have great decision-making. He, 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 he starts dancing in the pocket. He You know, he doesn't trust his feet enough. I liked him in college. I did. So did I remember I, yeah. watching that game against Penn State, the Rose, the Rose Bowl, Bowl game. That was when he was a, a sophomore, right? And I, yeah, and I was, I said, that guy's the next big thing. That guy's the, you know, the, that guy is the quarterback you're going to tank for. Yeah. And I remember people evaluating him and saying, well, he does turn the ball over. His delivery takes too long. A little bit, yeah. But I always felt like that was coachable. That was, you could fix that. Yeah. And clearly he hasn't fixed that in yeah. three years. That It's been a problem. I mean, Adam Geese was a terrible coach, 
But I'm not even on but Adam like, Gaze. But you know he, you know, obviously he sees coaches in no, the offseason. No, but off I, was, I was gonna say like Adam Gaze was a terrible coach, but like he's still an NFL coach. Like you gotta learn a little something from the guy. Right. Like you can't just be the same guy you were when you were a rookie. That's not like Deshaun Watson. He didn't have the best coaches. Like we all agree, Bill O'Brien was a bit of a hot head. And yeah. He just went four and twelve to Sean Watson, and he had a, an MVP type team. Like you got to be able, he was throwing a Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, who are, who are no slouches, but that, that that's that's no true number, number one, one receiver. Like he, you got to be able to shine through the darkness a little bit. Show me something. How many excuses are we gonna make for this guy? Like come on. You know you're a hundred percent correct about that. You know because you do again. You have to show the coaches and and everybody why you were picked there but i almost remember remember i was shocked when he didn't go one i know i was, I was shocked i when was he didn't glad go you one. brought that up i was literally watching last night on youtube the 2018 draft when the browns picked baker it wasn't until i mean you heard stuff on twitter and everything but it wasn't until like a couple minutes before like adam Schefter came on and was like we're hearing a lot of stuff like the Browns really like Baker Mayfield. I like, saw something so in the middle of the day. The pick. I remember seeing something in the middle of the day. John Dorsey, who was the GM at the time, called his wife or something. Yeah. Let her know, and that somehow got leaked because right. she told you know he told her wife told his wife told her friend, and yeah. it just it got out. Right. So I remember actually that getting out, but what did I want to say? Oh, this is what I wanted to say. Douglas didn't draft this guy. No, exactly. So, it's Why almost like he... if you're going to go out, because, I mean, listen, nobody's obviously thinking about firing Joe Douglas. He's done, I think he's done a great job with yeah. what he's been dealt. But if you're going to go out swinging, you might as well go yeah. out with your and he, guy. He's, exactly. He's not going to risk his job on somebody, on Mike McCagnon's draft pick, right? right. And it's not just that, like, it's not like, oh, it's just a matter of principle. Obviously, he doesn't think he's going to be a phenomenal quarterback. That's why he traded him. Yeah. If he thought he was going to be something, obviously he would still be here. It's it not. Just, it just makes sense. The Jets are looking for a fresh start. They traded Blitz Boy Jamal Adams, got their two first-round picks, and they just got a new head coach. Joe Douglas hired his guy, right? That's the first head coach he's hired. They want a new coach, new offensive staff, new quarterback, right? What's a, why they don't need to put themselves through that and and it's a way less. My brother said this. It's a way less risky move if you trade Darnold because if you don't trade Darnold and they draft Penny Sewell or they trade down and Zach Wilson turns out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback and Sam Darnold turns out to be what he's been lately crap and he's a backup quarterback the rest of his career you're gonna have issues then joe douglas is fired and how does you know uh, here we go same old jets blah 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 salah can't survive that whether or not Salah's a good coach or not he and, can't survive and, and that. what does that do into your coaching staff you bring in a brand new coaching staff and this guy's already he doesn't have the best roster to deal with and you're here fix this quarterback like like fix all the damage that's been done to this guy and he he's going into his fourth year and you basically need to treat him like a rookie like just get you you have a number two pick like you're getting the second best quarter some people think Zach Wilson's better than Lawrence like All right, those people are crazy you're getting we'll see how it plays out those people are crazy you're getting a very good prospect start over new coaching staff new quarterback do that Sam Darnold I, I, I genuinely believe uh, I mean this 
I hope he's great with the Panthers. It makes me feel a lot better that he's on an NFC team. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against the guy. He was an absolute class act. Really handled himself well in New York. But, yeah, it, it's it's time to move on. I think um, I want to say this about Wilson. A lot of people, we on the first podcast, on the first episode, we had, we had talked up Wilson a little bit. We didn't really get into it, but we talked about his pro day and how good he looked. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people texted me after that saying, no, you, we can't draft Wilson. He's not good. He's played nobody. Oh, Darnold's the guy. I don't want to hear that. I don't. I need people to look at Wilson. I need you to watch the tape. I need you to not even look at his pro day. I want you to look at how this guy plays. Don't worry about the competition. Because at the end of the day, if you have the right mechanics and if you have the talent, the God-given talent, you're going to be able to play in this league no matter who you played in college because it's such a completely different game. What does Wilson has? He has the feet. He has a really quick release, a seamless release that kind of yeah. looks like, I mean, we said it, it kind of looks like a Mahomes slash Rodgers yeah. type release. He really he flicks it. The opposite of Darnold. Yeah. It's it's It's... Quick, right out of his hands. He can different angles. He can throw the ball yep. at. So his, his arm strength is better. His, his release is better. He's got great feet. He can throw on the run. Mm-hmm. He can throw off his back foot. There's just not one thing where I look at Wilson and I look at Darnold and I say, "Oh, how how can you look at the two? Even if you put Darnold as a prospect when we were hyping him up in college, how can you look at those two guys and say, "Oh, that yeah, Darnold's better." So let me get this straight. Wilson, according to a lot of people, Wilson is a better... The way the Jets look at it is, let's put these two guys in the draft. And that's the way I was just... What I was just about to say. A lot of people say Wilson's a better quarterback prospect than Darnold was coming out of college. So if the Jets are putting them... Like, the way they think is, let's put Darnold in the 2021 draft. Let's pretend he's a prospect. Who do we like better? If you like Wilson better or even think of them evenly, why would you keep Darnold? Like, oh yeah, no. Let's keep the guy who's three, who's uh, you know, a couple years. I know Darnold's still really young, um, but he's a couple years older. And the guy who's about to make twenty million dollars, so we, we're gonna have to pick up his option. And just had to, he's gonna deal with his third coach and all this stuff. Why wouldn't you just draft the quarterback? Which is what they're gonna do. Like the Jets did, made a smart move by doing this. I don't understand why people would want them to keep Darnold. I also love the argument of well, if you take the if you take Wilson at two, then oh, you can't build the team up. Hey, number one. Oh, Building the team up, you're not making the playoffs next year, and you're most likely not making the playoffs the year, year after. after that, yeah. You have picks, you have money. Build the team for a couple of years. The the quick fix to some Jeff fans is taking the offensive tackle and then yeah. you know taking another defensive player, I guess, or whatever at twenty three. You have another first round pick, and then. The Jets still won't make the playoffs because you can't. You know, we know that Rod. They're not going to make the playoffs even if they took. Penny Sewell and whoever with the 23rd pick, a corner or uh, a Wyatt Davis or something yeah. like that. And then you kept Arnold. So so let me get this straight. The Jets would keep Arnold, miss the playoffs, then, oh, crap, Sam Arnold's either A, a free agent, or B, 50-year option, we're paying him $20 million. Now we can't sign these free agents because our quarterback is making $20 million a year. Exactly. I didn't even think of that. You're building this roster for the long haul. Douglas signed this, a six-year contract. This, why would he? Why would he bring Darnold back when he can draft his own guy? Reset the clock. This isn't like a Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs ordeal. This isn't like, okay, do we want to keep Alex Smith 
and like because he's the better NFL ready quarterback and we have a good team do we want to keep him and go for it this year or do we want to draft Mahomes and we won't be as good this year but he'll develop and then maybe next year or the year after like it's not that the Jets are not making the playoffs anytime soon so why the hell would you keep Darnold building I I love that building the team up you have another first round pick you have you have two second round picks two uh this year we have Two first rounds, one second, two thirds. Next year we have two seconds, two two first, two seconds. I mean, building the team up for a team that's going to go five and eleven, maybe six and ten, or oh, sorry, well, five, five and, and 12. twelve, six and eleven. It's just stupid. That's going to take a while to get used to. Yeah, I know. But it just it I want to I want no to get back to that when you said I forgot to address it the competition thing. Like, give me a bro- how about. Oh, well, you want to say that? What about, oh, Zach Wilson's not throwing to uh, uh, Devonta Smith or someone that's that good because he plays on BYU or his O-line's not as well or his coaching isn't as well. The bottom line comes down to these scouts see the talent and he outplays his competition, right? Just like how Josh Allen did it in Wyoming. Not all, uh, Steve Young went to BYU. I mean, I know the program isn't as good as it used to be. But not everybody who's uh, an NFL great comes from Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson. It's it's such a stupid like even he's, like people, he plays D one like it's not like he's he's playing like Carson Wentz who still I think would be a good NFL quarterback and Trey Lance both went to North Dakota State who's playing like D one double A yeah he's playing Division one football. I think that the, I think the knock the knock on Wilson with the competition is just like just it's it's. it's it's a lazy. It's a lazy it's a take. Lazy take for exactly. It's a very just casual lazy take. It's just unbelievable. So, you, oh, I just wanted to get on this. You brought up the Ohio State, Alabama thing. Now people say, oh, I don't want to draft Mac Jones or I don't want to draft Justin Wilson. Now we're going to get into look, Mac Jones in a minute. Just look at the player. Just look at the player. Doesn't make it. Doesn't. I don't care where he's coming from. Justin Fields, for the most part. I mean, I don't love Fields. I don't hate him. I wouldn't not if I liked him. I wouldn't take him because oh my god, he went to he went to Ohio yeah, State. No, just every player is different. This is what what also annoys me. You were just reminded me when Sam Darnold was coming out of college. Oh no, don't take a USC quarterback. Um, you know, a Matt Leinart and Mark Sanchez and all these guys. They're not they're not good NFL quarterbacks. Who cares? So there, I heard someone say the other day, "Oh, these U.S. they don't know how to de- make these guys pro ready at USC." Oh, so let me get this straight. He plays in the Pac-12 and in a pro-style offense with NFL coaches. You know, guys who have come from the NFL and played in the NFL, but they don't get their quarterbacks right. Like, can you just stop? It just so happens to be a coincidence that all these USC guys have been in either bad situations, haven't panned out, like. Look at the player. Don't be like, oh, he goes to this school. He plays these people. Just look at the prospect and see the talent. And that's why these scouts get paid the money they do. And and pick the right guys. Oh, Lucas Lipke just, just blew the Yankees <laughs> shutout with two outs. He gave up a two-run homer. Sorry. So let's get to the uh, save it or hate it. I actually got an interesting one. Wait, Wait. are we... Uh... What about the Giants? We didn't talk to the Giants. You want to do the G? You want to talk we'll, about we'll the Giants? We'll touch on the Giants really quick. Yeah, the Giants a little. All right. The Giants offseason's been... I, I like the Giants offseason so far. I do. Yeah. I think they filled a couple of needs. I think, obviously, the biggest need coming into this offseason was getting that number one receiver. They got the true number one receiver. Now, you might think, oh, well, you know, they paid him too much. Listen, you got to pay for talent, right? But I think the biggest thing that comes out of this is that the Giants are sitting at 11 right now. 
and there might be five quarterbacks taken within the top ten. The Giants essentially are going to have the sixth pick out of every other position. Yeah. Which is really good. It depends what happened because now that Panther and the Darnold deal makes it interesting because they're not in the market for a quarterback anymore. So I think I the Broncos th- are going to be, and I think the okay. Falcons could be. Too. I think I don't think the Falcons. They have like such a good pick though with the fourth, the fourth pick. They could get Kyle Pitts or whoever they want. Um, what I was going to say though is, I think the only way you see five quarterbacks taken ahead of the Giants is if someone trades up. I think the I think the Falcons are going to trade out of that pick. You think? And I think it's going to be with the Broncos. I think the Falcons. Uh, that's would've... not a bad deal for them because the Falcons might like three of those receivers. They might want to take a receiver because right. they have Julio and Calvin Ridley. But a lot of teams use three receivers. You know, they're, they're guys who, uh... unless they fall in love with Pitts. Yeah, which I don't. A lot s- of people seem to be doing. I don't we'll see, see what why they wouldn't trade out of it. Yeah, but the Giants would have had to take a receiver at eleven if they didn't get yeah. gone. I've come around on the Galladay signing. I think maybe he gave him a little too much money, but you, I, I don't know what the negotiations were like where he was getting an interest from other teams, so maybe it would turn into a little bid war. I think the Giants are bidding against themselves, but I, I don't you care. Think they were, he, I don't think any, other teams I don't think any other offer. No, I, th- I think the Bengals offered him a okay. contract. I just don't think it was good. They don't okay. have the money. Um, yeah, I've come around on that signing. I think it was a pretty decent signing. Um, I mean, he's a number one receiver. He's not like a... A top five receiver. He's a number one receiver. Um, but it all comes down to the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you got to help your quarterback out here. I know you're way higher on Daniel Jones than I am. I just – I don't I don't see him having a, that third season where he, like, breaks out and we're, has a great year. We're going to get it. We're going to have a massive debate on Daniel Jones probably next week or the week after because we really disagree on Daniel Jones. But – you know, I think, and I don't want. I want to save a lot of it, so I yeah. just want to say this: you need to help your quarterback out some way. And with the draft here now, that you're listen, if they love Devonta Smith and he falls to them at eleven, they're going to take him. Yeah. Right. Well, you can't blame Gettleman. Gettleman drafted Daniel Jones. If if Daniel Jones turns out to be a bust, he's he's gone or he's retired or they force him to retire. And, and he's I fired. think he's gone anyway. So he, I think he's, he's gonna, done after this. He's going to try and give him good receiver. That's why he would get Kenny Galladay. If if, if this wasn't his guy. Maybe he would uh, decide to spend his money elsewhere or whatever, but he's going to try and put as much help around Daniel Jones as he can because yeah, his job either, depends on it. Right, and either way, it just so happens that it was their biggest need. Yeah. But now the Giants at 11 can say, Micah Parsons is there? Great. We need an ed- we need an address. Yeah. We need an outside linebacker. We're going to take Micah Parsons. Or if Rashawn Slater somehow falls to them at 11, great. We can use another offensive lineman. Right. I think those are the two pick- – the two – Directions they go in, and then if obviously a receiver falls, they take him if yeah. they love him. But I think the Giants, listen, they had a top 10 defense last year. I don't defense think that's debatable. Great, yeah. They added to it. They lost Tomlinson. They added a secondary. I think I think they're going to be fine yeah, they'll defensive be fine. line-wise. James Bradbury was a great signing. Yeah. and He's turned into like one of the best corners in the league, which was, is crazy. Oh, Miguel Castro's in the game. Here we go. Oh, that's but, um, anyway, back to the Giants. I, I like what they've done this offseason, and, and I, it, was, it was funny. I was talking to my friends that are Giants fans, and it's, it's crazy how offseason's not over. You know, they have a draft. They're going to improve this team even more. But we're, we'll, we're, we'll really debate the Giants when yeah. we debate Daniel Jones. But, all right, so let's get to the save it or hate it here. Yankees win. Nice. We got a um, – all right, so do you want to start or you want me to start? This is football-related, the save it or hate it this yeah. week. Um, you can start. All right. Now, 
This is interesting. And I, I you'll you know how I feel about this guy. So save it or hate it, the 49ers traded up to draft Mac Jones. Um All right, you know what? I'm actually going to save it. Wow. Because the way I look at it is is Mac Jones did you have to trade up to get Mac Jones at 3? No. I don't know what kind of trade discussions the 49ers had with people. First of all, I don't think they're taking Mac Jones. I know there's a lot of buzz around that. I think that I, seems like a guarantee at this point. I'm still on the Trey Lance to the 49ers. That's what should the pick should yeah, be. I'm still on that. Um, but I'm a firm believer if if you have your guy, get your guy kind of thing. Yes. We went over it last week. I think they got fleeced. So if you want to talk in terms of the the terms of the trade, I hate it because I think they gave up way too much. But trading up to get this guy I'm going to save it because if you if you got your guy you're you think oh he's going to fit our system really well we really like this guy you go get him you don't take any risk because someone else there's a lot of teams that need this is a very very interesting draft there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback so I think you trade up and you get your guy and like I said the Bengals probably didn't want to trade out of their pick because they're going to get Penny Sewell like they're going to get a really good pick the Falcons might want you know, really love Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts, so they might not want to trade it out. So they they came to a deal with the uh, the Dolphins, and they don't they don't want anyone else to jump in in front of them and take Mac Jones. So I actually I wouldn't take Mac Jones, but if they love him, they love him. So I'm gonna save it. It kind of makes sense because I remember when the Giants took Daniel Jones at six. Dave Gettleman had said, "Well, that's my guy." Yeah. And a lot of fans are saying, well, you could have got him. I think they had the 17th or something around there, yeah. the 16th, around you don't there. You play like that. You, don't, you can't play like that. If that's Listen, your guy, you if, take if, if it's a wide receiver or someone, all right, maybe, you know, like like the Jets did. When the Jets traded down in the second round last year, they probably wanted Mims, but they also liked a couple other guys. And they're like, let's trade down. If Mims falls to us, great. And that's what ended up happening. But in terms of your franchise quarterback, the literally the most important position, not only in football, in sports. Quarterback is the most important position in sports. If you have your guy, if you, you know you think this guy is going to be your franchise quarterback, you go get him. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Mine is also football related, obviously, but it's a little different. Save it or hate it, Super Bowl spectacle. So I'm talking halftime show, all the media buzz, uh, all the commercials, all that stuff. Save it or hate it. Save it. I love that stuff. The halftime show I could I could do without, but I love the week leading up to it. I mean, you know, you go to Radio Row, you got all the shows there. It's the spotlight, so I I save it. I I really do like that. The commercials are, I mean, listen, you the commercials, pay a, yeah, you pay a big price for, to be on there. I'm not gonna hit on the commercials because, you know, for, from a business standpoint, the NFL makes some, so much sense. So many people are watching the Super Bowl. Right. My point is. Lead, all that hype leading up to the Super Bowl and all that stuff, you know, the stuff in the streets and what that's great. I love that. But I feel like the Super Bowl is like it's just so different than all those championships in all the other sports. And I, I the halftime show and all that, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand I the hate, halftime show. I hate how it becomes into, like I said, a spectacle. It's a, At the end of the day, I'm here to watch the two best teams in the league fight for a championship. And I don't need to be watching the weekend do all his crap and i understand from a business standpoint it makes sense and they make so much money off of it 
But I'm just putting that to the side right now. I'm just talking in terms of what I'm watching. I can't stand the the halftime show. But it makes it a bigger that. deal than it is, and it's kind of like nothing's it, going on. Nothing's going on in February. And Daytona 500 is going on okay, in February. Don't go. don't rip on that. We should get a NASCAR segment in the <laughs> show. Actually, <laughs> it'll be just you talking. Yeah, I'm gonna move. I to, know you'd uh, love that. I'm gonna move to Texas. Welcome to NASCAR <laughs> show. All right. I just think that it. I think it makes it bigger than it is. People that wouldn't watch the Super Bowl watch the Super Bowl. They have Super Bowl parties. It just it makes sense. And by the way, that day after the Super Bowl should absolutely it should be, be a national. Just like how opening day should be a holiday. Right, exactly. But exactly, I said that the other day on the radio. But why won't the NFL, like, why can't they just move the Super Bowl back a little bit? I will take the season starting in the middle or later in September. They started too late. September for that Monday to be present instead. I agree. I will take the, you know, whatever, the second or third week in September. And they, they, that would probably be a decent business move because they, yeah. they might get more uh, viewers because people don't have work the next day. So, they'll, they'll yeah, I'll come over, have a party, watch I mean, Super Bowl, whatever. It makes sense. It really makes sense. So, that's going to be it for today, for this week's episode. We appreciate you guys coming on, listening with us. Um, we love doing this. And we will be back next week, most likely Tuesday or Wednesday. And you got anything to say? Um, thank you so much to everybody. We got uh, overwhelming support yeah. for our first episode, really. We were very, very thankful for how many people listened and all the feedback we got. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. And um, once again, please provide feedback. Um, I think we're going to start putting some polls up on our Instagram. And Twitter, About yeah. whether it's about, you know, uh, what you think the show, should we do this, should we do that, or if it's just... Hey, uh, you know, which one of these players do you think is better? Just something to keep you guys engaged and stuff. But let us know um, feedback. and We'll have our we... email in the description of this episode. And, again, like, subscribe on the SND Podcast channel. And, yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much, guys.